Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Alethea Hudson today. I'm very fortunate to do so. She is the genius behind so much talent. Um, I think it's such a beautiful project. And she she is the administrator and creator of a Facebook group with more than 10,000 members. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about your sewing, your like how you got started and how you manage a group of that size as well as some real life events that you do. And I also listened to your recent live video where you were talking about um, just about Joann's and all the games with the pattern sales and, you know, space ways that we could become more independent with our own pattern making. So this I'm hoping for a, a nice free form conversation because you have so much to teach, which you do all the time. Um, and I'm grateful that you are willing to come on and, and share all that you know with us. Well, not all that you know, because it's really not that long a program. Um, I think it would take much longer than just a 30 minute conversation with you to teach everything that you know. But um, I'm just so happy to, to be connected to you. So thank you. So can you tell us how you got started sewing and what um, what that sewing background looked like? Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's- very similar to a lot of what I hear in the sewing community. You know, I was a little girl, about eight years old. Um, my mother, uh, she was a registered nurse, and she actually would sew and make all of our clothes. And um, she'd come home midnight or, you know, late at night sometimes, and I would just sit and watch her sew. And so I would take some of her scraps and uh, create clothing for my doll. And I think she saw that I had a real interest in it. and um, so probably, I guess, around about nine, nine and a half, ten years old, um, she signed me up for this sewing class. It was a singer sewing class in our local area. But I wasn't old enough to take the class, but I was tall. And so I looked like I was old enough. Uh-huh. And so she kind of fudged on the, my age a little bit just to get me in class. And so, <laughs> you know... That's a, that's a mother's love for you right there. It's like, she can do it. I believe in her. Exactly. She was determined. So, you know, she wasn't going to let that stop that. But, you know, um, so I did that and um, that's where it started. You know, um, went through home economics in middle school. We didn't have it in in, uh, high school. And uh, that was about the extent of my, I guess you would say, formal education. And um, I went through from there, I you know, I soaked up everything I could. High school, I looked at all kinds of fashion magazines, W Magazine, Vogue Magazine, Seventeen Magazine. I uh, watched stuff on TV. Um, I don't know if you ever remember the show Style with Elsa Clint. Um, it was a segment. No, I don't. I, I remember her name, but I don't remember. So she had a show. Yeah, it was a it was a show called Style. She was a host of that show, and uh, it was a segment. It was divided in three. Uh, it was divided in three segments. Um, fashion, 
beauty tips, and then it was home decor. And so I watched that show religiously. That was like my online YouTube at that time. Because, you know, we didn't have YouTube yes. back then, but we had PBS and, you know, um, all of those. So I would watch on PBS shows like uh, Sandra Bezina, um Yes, our Sewing with Nancy. Now, that's what I remember. Sewing with Nancy was like our Mimi G back then. Uh, yes, that's so true. You know, I met her. I met her in real life. Um, sewing with Nancy. I was in graduate school at the time and I had a baby. He was one years old and we went up to her. She had a shop up in a place called Sun Prairie, I believe. And it had a huge sale. Oh my gosh, Olivia, they had all this stuff that's in the catalog <laughs> at discount prices. Plus they had classes. And so I'm pushing the baby stroller around and she, I bump into her, not with my baby, thank goodness, <laughs> but she was like, oh, hey, welcome. And I was like, Riley, that's my son's name. Now he's an adult. But I was like, that's so with Nancy. That's Nancy. So with Nancy. Of course, he's a baby. He doesn't care. But that was like a real high point of my visit. Like, wow. really? And she was so nice. I would love And so, yes. Her. So you watched a lot of stuff on TV. I did. I mean, and at that time, like I said, we have YouTube University now, but we didn't have. Um, True website you know we didn't have internet then we we had tv pbs and so nancy zeman had this program where you could rent videos out uh for like two weeks at a time uh for different uh yes. programs and you could learn stuff and then you can return them and uh you can rent something else out return it and so i did that for a long time uh that's how it came for me with people like uh roberta carr who was a um clothing mm -hmm. designer uh, she taught that. Um, uh, Sue Beamer. Um, who is another one? Yes. Now uh, she creates uh, wedding gowns and stuff. People. There was so many different ones that I learned and gleaned from. So I soaked up everything I could, and um, through that process, and also through um, as I got older, I became married. Um, I did this, you know, on the side. I would take in alterations something i hated oh i hated alterations i still do i admire you for doing that i can't stand it that's like my husband's but like I oh i bought the these pants they're too long and i was like well the dry cleaner will only charge you five dollars <laughs> to hem those pants and he's like but you got three sewing machines down here i'm like yeah and none of them want to hem your pants honey i'm so sorry <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's so funny. But that that's the real of it. You know, who wants to take stuff apart just to put it back? But I found out um that was the one thing that really taught me. That was God's way of teaching me. Uh, because of course I had to take it apart. I had to find out how to put it back together. So going inside of garments was the way I found out how they were constructed. And so I was able to take what I learned and apply it to future projects that I was actually uh, creating. So I learned how to do stuff in a professional way. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned how to, what interfaces was, what, what interfaces to use, uh, what techniques to use, you know, different things like that. So what I hated actually became my teacher. That's amazing. That it, It's so wise, you know, it's so wise so that you never then become afraid of anything. And that's something I always find very disappointing or sad when I'm talking to new sewists or listening to sewing groups and they're like, oh, I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. And I'm like, there's nothing at the sewing machine that should scare you. I mean, you drive a car that is dangerous. 
you know, but no one gets in their car and says, I'm afraid to drive. I'm afraid. No, but we have all this um, fear. Well, not we, some people, many people do about making mistakes or something like that. And so I was talking with um, Benita Hinton, who does embroidery on leather. And, you know, you know, you know how leather is. It is very unforgiving. Once you poke that hole, there is no unpoking it. And she talked about like she never had that fear because similar to our stories, she sewed with leather when she first started sewing as a child. Her aunt worked at a leather factory and would bring home scraps. And that's how she would make her doll clothes out of leather scraps. And so she never developed this kind of fear um, or anxiety or concern. And I think that what you're describing so beautifully is, you know, I think that's a, a larger metaphor for life too. the thing that you most are concerned or fearful or worried about, just face it head on. And now you have become this such a talented uh, seamster and seems or seamstress and, you know, alterer and all of these things that you're able to create because you trust yourself and you taught yourself. And so you taught, you learned a lot through all the videos that you're describing and that type of education. And it's like you created your own YouTube before there was a YouTube. Um, and it gave, and I love this lesson of deconstructing in order to learn construction. I think that's such a, um, it's such a, an organic way to learn something. Um, and it, and how do you incorporate that into your sewing today? Do you still find that you do that or do you not need to do that anymore? Oh no. Every day I'm learning. I, I always tell people, you never get to a place where you stop learning or you feel like you've learned it all. You might as well just give up and go home, be with the Lord. <laughs> you know, it's always, you know, and that's how life is. You know, it's life is pretty much like that. We feel like a lot of times we deconstruct it. feel like stuff fall apart before it comes together. But I always have this mindset that if it's been done, if somebody else has done it, I can do it. So I have that mindset going into anything. That, and I find myself a lot of times taking on challenges, projects now that um, I'm challenged to do something that I haven't done before. You know, whether it's a, a, an embellishment technique, whether it's a, a different type of seam or stitching or placement, you know. Um, but I stress myself and I encourage others, you know, in the group. Stress yourself. Do something you haven't done before. Don't stay in the same thing because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. how you evolve, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love this idea that I have a similar philosophy um, that I feel like what I, I said, everything that I people are like, oh, I can't believe you made that dress or I can't believe you made that coat. And I'm like, everything you have on was made by somebody. Why not you? Right. Exactly. You, and that, you know, and so that helped me. So I, I made umbrellas. I made umbrellas. I've made shoes, I've made raincoats. I mean, all of these are things that can be made. It's not like it's sorcery or witchcraft or something that's like, oh, this is magic. It's just, you know, hard work and focus and a real strong desire to do it. And so I love how you encourage people to take risks. And sure, at first it might not work out or it might not look as good as it's going to look the 10th time you've done it, but at least you know you can and I think that there's a lot of power in that. So can we talk about your sewing group? So I think we're coming up on the anniversary of your group. Facebook says you started the group in October 19th of, of um, 2019, so of 2016. So you're heading into your, you're almost at three year anniversary. By the time this episode releases, 
you'll be at your three-year anniversary with your group. So tell me about how or why you decided to start that and what have you, what, what have you learned in the process? Well, first of all, I've learned to not give up. Um, I actually started So My Talent in 2008 on another platform. Oh, and um, it, it's a lot of people don't know that. So you're like headed. This this is like your 11th year anniversary, not your third. That's just a Facebook anniversary. That's just a Facebook anniversary, right? Okay, yeah. friend, tell us more, please. <laughs> Many of my followers have been have been with me since 2008, and I actually started this um um for a local type situation just to you know get with other designers and creators and uh fashion designers and so on. uh but it was funny because none of the locals seemed like they were biting you know i thought you know i've seen other people with blogs and i said hey, well that's a nice way to kind of communicate with people so maybe i'll do that well it just seemed like it wasn't doing anything and i for like five years off and on i tried to stop the blog and 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 the lord would tell me no you know keep it going I was, mm-hmm. you know, tell the people that were following, you know, I'm going to uh, end the blog. You know, you have content. You might want to get your content. And so whereas I didn't think people were paying attention because I had so much content that I was putting up there, you know, so much information. And uh, they would say, no, don't do it. Don't do it. So <laughs> that went on for like five years. And I reached maybe 750 people. Wow. So something happened where I ended up, I lost all my content. This particular oh. platform was switching over somehow and somehow I lost my content but I felt like that was God's way of saying okay that has come to an end and uh, I ended up on Periscope being known okay and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> really and somehow Periscope it was odd for me because I'm believe it or not contrary to popular belief I can't talk now but before I was pretty shy and I would never imagine myself on a national international platform like Periscope talking to people live. And so I just started uh, growing a following, you know, and then we moved over to Facebook as Paracrafters with another group of ladies, a couple of other ladies. But then the Lord told me, he said, no, I didn't. I, I told you to do so much talent. So I had- Oh, to have your own thing, to do your mm-hmm. own platform, not to kind of share it with another set of folks. Right. He said, I told you to do so much talent. So I was like, okay, well, I'm, I guess I'll be starting so much talent, you know. <laughs> so when I did that, that was 2016, like you said, and I just realized that last night that this was anniversary. But when I did that in 2016, unbeknownst to me, when I did what God asked me to do, my following grew on so much talent to 10,000 folks in two years. Now, mind you, it was 750 on the other platform, but it grew. Now, I wasn't in it for the numbers. That's not what I was doing. I just wanted a right. place where I could showcase other people's talent. That's the whole premise of so much talent, to expose the much talent that's out there. You know, there's many different things to sew with fashion designers, creators, and crafters. And I just wanted to have a platform where we could see all of that. And so people just started gravitating towards you know, so much talent, and, and now it's a group of people who can share what they make in confidence and be proud of it, and we don't bash anybody, uh, I don't tolerate, you know, the negativity or people, it's okay to give criticism, but constructive criticism and not negative right. 
criticism to make people feel bad about what they do, you know? Exactly. And you can critique in love. You really can. And you can critique in love. And I think that feedback is a gift, you know, that you can say, okay, I see what you've done here, but maybe next time make sure you're, you know, keeping your eye or whatever, you know, you can offer this kind of stuff and it doesn't have to come from a place of contempt or hostility. Exactly. Yeah, we nip that in for a real quick. And so it, it's, it's been a pretty pleasant place to, you know, to hang out in. I'm joined today by Alethea Hudson, the creator of So Much Talent. This is an online group on Facebook that has more than 10,000 members. Stay tuned to learn more about how Alethea feels about the rising and the rising changes at Joann's, um, as well as the way that her project is growing in real life and online. Stitch Please, the Black Women's Stitch podcast, talks a lot about sewing. But if you'd like to see some of what we're discussing, we invite you to follow us on the socials. On Facebook, you can find us at Stitch Please. And on Instagram, you can find us at Black Women's Stitch. On Instagram, you'll find a lot of great pictures and compelling social commentary. In addition, you can participate in a weekly live Instagram chat at 3 p.m., on Thursdays at Eastern Standard Time. So follow us on the socials, Facebook at Stitch Please and Instagram at Black Women's Stitch and get your stitch together. I'm delighted to be here talking today with Alethea Hudson of So Much Talent. Now we're going to hear more about how Alethea grows her platform and manages it, as well as extending that platform from an online community branching out into real life events. Stay tuned. I wanted to talk some about your most recent um, video, as well as talking a little bit about some of the collaborations that you've done. I believe you had a retreat last year, so I'd love to talk more about some of the real life events that you've done, in addition to kind of pulling people from all over the world to come to your platform and to show their stuff. I think that, you know, sewers and quilters, you know, we like showing the stuff off that we make. I mean, like, particularly for a community of like-minded people, considering that so often folks, you know, either, you know, our family can only take so much of us telling them about how much we love sewing. And, you know, we need to, um, to share that more broadly. And so I would love to talk now about like your real life events. I know you've done some classes and challenges that you're working on, um, but tell us about the retreat that you hosted last year and what the future plans for that event looks like. Well, we've actually had our second retreat this year, but- um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, last year we started and that was another endeavor, something I had never done before, but I believed it was something that um, God was leading me to do. and. Again, I had never done uh, corporate events like that or had no mm-hmm. clue. But I have a wonderful team of admins uh, that Good. and support me. And we I develop a committee, you know, that can help do this. And so I don't have to do it by myself. And so we did. We had several, lots of sponsors. Uh, we had people like uh, Stone Magazine, uh, Lilu Designs. Uh, I, I like to work with a lot of independent um 
yes. of crafters and designers because, you know, we get a lot of corporate uh, sponsorship, but sometimes the independent uh, crafters and creators, you know, go unheard. And so I seek out those first, you know, to give yes. exposure because that's what so much talent is about. But we don't yes. negate the, the corporate sponsors. And so we did have, um, you know, a lot of people to help in that area. But um, the first retreat last year, we met here in, in my hometown, Augusta, Georgia. And uh, we did a, um, a three-day retreat where we um, had seminars. You know, so I had Gentleman Jim and uh, Victoria Bay, yes. a thousand sewing hours down. And uh, I also taught, you know. And so that was a lot of fun. And then we had a, a like a sew day. We just spent the whole day sewing it. And then we had to end it off. We had a, a high society gala where everybody could wear what they created, uh, semi-formal or formal. And uh, we had dinner and live music. And it was a lot of fun. And it was a good thing to, to bring people, like you said, from all over California, uh, Texas, and different areas of the United States to get to know each other in person. Yes. Yes. It was a lot of fun. And so this year's event, did you do anything different or did you do some of the similar things, but with uh, different folks? This year, uh, we had some of the same people come. We had some new folks come in. But this year, we went to uh, right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and Hampton to a retreat. Um, and it was a place that we could all be in one general location. Uh, but this mm -hmm. time, we uh, did a shopping trip in Atlanta. So one day, um, we did one full day of seminars where I had um, Elizabeth Farr from Elizabeth Made This. Uh, Ayana Glaze with Ayana Glaze Designs, and also had uh, Monica Cheche with uh, That's So Monica. That's So Monica, yes. I met up with her once. Um, she had a sewing event in, you know, she does that monthly sew along in Dallas. And I happened to be in Dallas for work. And so it was funny because um, I'm a university professor, so I go out and give lectures and stuff. And I said, well, you want me to come in February, please include this Saturday in that trip because I want to go sew with Monica. And so they did. And I got a chance to meet her and her crew out in Dallas and they were delightful. So tell us a bit. I, I saw some of those photos. So did you um, get a bus together? And is that how you did it? I think I might have seen some pics of y'all like doing like a bus tour from place to place. Where did you go? We did, we did a bus tour and uh, that was a lot of fun just to get a bunch of women that love fabric and sewing and on a bus oh so much fun but we took a trip to find fabrics one of the uh, largest places in atlanta and it's the, i guess it's a hot spot in atlanta beautiful fabric lots and lots of fabric and and we met a lot of people there so it's a, a, a like a meetup hub for sewing uh fabrics is just wonderful and price just right mm -hmm. so we also went to uh gail k fabrics it was another beautiful place to shop um, we ate, you know, did our uh, lunch in there, but then we came back and, um, we had our, uh, soakation, so to speak, you know, we all did our yes. sewing and had little things that we did. We had a fabric swap, uh, pattern swap and, um, yes. it, it was just a lot of fun. And so we're going to do it. We're already planning now for next year. Next year we'll be in New York. Oh, that's great. So you were able to move from your, so, so, for, so the first time you did it, you had it near you. And then the second time you did it, you had it a little bit further out from you. And then now for the third one, 
for 2020, you're planning it up in New York City, New York City, or just somewhere in New York State? Yeah, New York City, and uh, we we want okay. to reach the Fabric District, so our our goal yes. is to shop the Fabric District. But the premise of that is just to reach out in different areas because so much talent reaches out to so many different uh, spots in the United States. Like we have a group in yes. uh, um, the DMV area. Um, yes. And uh, we have, of course, we have our local meetup groups here. We have meetup groups, you know, all mm -hmm. over. So we just want to kind of branch out and stand. Instead of standing still, we want to go out, you know, travel out. And so that's the, the premise behind that. So we just keep it moving, keep it exciting, and uh, just see what's out there, you know, what's in other areas. Yes. All of this sounds amazing, and it is totally speaking my language. I'm going to be in Atlanta. On Thursday, I'm giving. I'll be at Emory for work. I'm doing on a panel discussion, and part of my goal is, of course, to meet up and go to Emory. I've never been before. I'm looking forward to seeing the campus and a lot of the great scholars and activists there. But also on my list is going to find fabrics because when I went there another time for work, I mean, well, I didn't go to find fabrics for work. I also included some fine fabrics time. <laughs> that place was ridiculous. I mean, I. I mean, the variety of fabrics that you can get there. I mean, that's a whole day. You could spend a whole day just being in there. It really is a lot. And so I think that sounds wonderful. And New York will be the same. There's so many different things you can do. And do you have a date yet at all that you've been thinking about for the 2020 event? Our tentative goal is um, somewhere towards the end of June. We generally do our retreat uh, the third week in July, but we think we're going to bump it up a little bit. Because we okay. realize that um, July is a, a big month for uh, family reunions and vacations. And so we want mm -hmm. to include, uh, other people want to be included, you know, in the uh, retreats that we do. So I think if we bump it up a little bit, that will allow more people to get involved like they want to. Yes. And do you know when you'll be announcing the dates for that? Because what I plan to do is to include all the information you share with me in the show notes. I'll be sure to put links, not just to your page, but to some of the pages of the folks that you've mentioned. Um, so I'd love to be able to kind of put like, oh, she's planning for, I can always say you're planning for June, July, 2020. I'm sure people can just come to the page and follow it that way as well. Right, right. Because we're, we're in the planning stages now. So we haven't uh, locked down a definite date, but we do mm -hmm. uh, know it's going to be towards uh, the end of June. I'm joined today by Alethea Hudson, the creator and curator of So Much Talent, a very popular group on Facebook. Join us now and listen as we talk about savvy shopping at Joanne Fabrics, what is happening to the 99 cent sale, nothing good from a consumer's point of view, I think, um, as well as how do we set boundaries and limits about needs versus wants when it comes to sewing? And what, if anything, is a quote unquote emergency sewing situation. Here we go. That's wonderful. Um, I wanted to talk just a little bit in our last our last few moments about your live video that you did um, earlier, I think it was a few days ago, and you were talking about some of the changes um, that Joann's is making in um, trying to change consumer behavior, or at least that's how I'm seeing it. Um, you were saying that the days of the $1.99 patterns um, might be gone forever. Um, 
and talking a lot. I know, I know that a lot of folks, you know, at least I can't, well, I can't say a lot of folks. I can speak for only myself. I know that I myself um, definitely rely on the $1.99 pattern sales um, I, or the 99 cent. I'm still, I still remember the 99 cent pattern sales. And um, so I would love to talk a bit about what you think is going on there. You were saying that um, in the video, you said that it's because Joann's is facing so much competition from online retailers um, that as, as well as how sometimes at some stores, the service is uneven or spotty. Um, talk a bit about like and then one of the things I loved about what you said was we can develop ways to be more independent where we don't have to even rely on these pattern sales or rely on patterns at all. So can you talk a little bit about what you think is going on with Joann's these days? Well, I, I can't help but think that uh, Joann's is affected by the mm -hmm. online shift. Uh, you know, consumers are now going more towards online, you know. And, I mean, we've already seen, um, what, Hancock Fabrics and some of the other local stores to come to uh, online shopping. And... Um, I think in order to keep up, you know, Joanne's has to make a shift. And we've seen the $1.99 patterns and the, you know, five for five and all that for so long, but now I'm starting to see the shift. And I know other sewers are too, seeing the shift of where now we're seeing more of percentages being taken off the patterns, you know, like 30% off, 40% off. And so we're like, wait, we've been doing this for so long. Where's this coming from? And so, I believe that they have to make a shift somewhere, somewhere, you know, and we do now have a lot more uh, independent designers or, or some of our crafters or influencers uh, taking part in, you know, some of that fabric, you know, the pattern business. Say, for instance, Mimi G, and you had people like uh, Nikki uh, Revis, um, Use Your Door. These people, they're pulling people mm -hmm. from the community, influencers, you know, to try to capture our business. Mm -hmm. But something has to shift in order for them to stay afloat, right? The independent designers, pattern makers, they have to make money some kind of way, you know, and we support them. We do. But my thing was uh, what you're referring to, I was saying that a lot of times, and we've seen this a lot, that we do get patterns or patterns are created and rotated. Nothing's really new, you know, just a few design elements here and there. And so if you're not wanting to, to spend the extra money if you don't want us to come to the, you know, what's happening with the $1.99 pattern, then we can learn to create patterns from what we already have. There's guilty. So many of I'm guilty. Have boatloads <laughs> of, of pattern stashed here, stashed there. I think we make it a thriller. Yeah. You're not the only one, but I think we make it a thriller to hunt to see how many patterns we can stash, you know, and we, I mean, if you're like yes. me, if you be yes. honest, there's many, many that we haven't sewn from, you know, and I do know there are a few, probably we can count them on hand, who actually mm -hmm. buy a few patterns, buy a few fabrics, mm -hmm. and they sew up everything yes. they get. You know, I think of people like Erica Bunker, who is amazing. Yes. And uh, she, I think she has like zero to little staff. And Agree. I have, I know someone probably hardly who um, I interviewed that, from on one of my IG live videos, Patrice, um, she has seven pieces of fabric in her stash and she makes gorgeous pieces. She is an excellent sewist, but she does not collect. She doesn't have a mountain of fabric. Um, and I have a mountain range of fabric. 
And so there's, there's certainly a way that you can be creative and be minimal at the same time, or rather be strategic. Exactly. And that's one of the things, and you were talking about the challenges that we do, uh, so much talent. That's one of the things that we've known for is having monthly challenges. And we kickstart each year with a fabric and pattern fast. So that means that if you're, if you're participating in the challenge, then you will not buy fabric during the month of January. And last year we added in patterns. So you will not buy patterns during the month of January. You will sew from your stash and you will use the patterns that you have. And uh, there's a little, you know, a little leeway there. But um, that's a way of us utilizing what we've stored up for the year, you know. And then it I love that idea. And it's funny because to, I think to, this uh, episode that we're talking, you and I are speaking right now, we're recording everybody in October, but this episode probably won't release until late November or early December. And so it'd be nice to think about what it means to start the year fresh. And um, that a challenge like that is a nice way to just think about it, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that sounds great. That sounds great. A fabric and pattern fast for the month of January. You said that there's some leeway. I would like to know what type of emergency sewing situations can come up where one would qualify for leeway. Well, you know, there, there's those times that you might not have enough fabric or you might need interfacing or you might just need a little accent piece or something. So I generally allow uh, 80% of what you sew during the month of January has to come from your stash. So we allow that 20% to um, add to embellish or, you know, add a that's what's up. I like that. I, well, shoot, you have me garment. thinking that maybe I'll be signing on in the for January 2020 um, to do some to, to participate in the first um, SMT 2020 challenge uh, because that's like a nice way. Because of course, you know how people how it is in January. People are joining the gym. They're resolving to read this stack of books or whatever. And so this will be something that could be meaningful. I was very impressed with myself. Because for the month of August, I didn't go to Joanne's at all. I didn't even walk in the store, which was like unusual. It's unusual for me. I mean, I'm in that Joanne's, my Joanne's so much. Oh, people wow. think I work there. Um, because I, and so it's like, they're like, where have you been? I was like, oh, right here. Um, right I can't here. be the only person that's supporting this, um, this company and keeping y'all afloat. Um, so y'all have to cultivate um, other relationships. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, because you know how it is, especially, you know, I think that that's one of the things that helps to that's mitigate so some of the frustration that people might have with the corporate um, brand of Joann's is that when you have people at your local store that are cool or that do their best or whatever. Right. And it was funny because I remember you saying in the live, you do a technique that I also do with the new with the way that the patterns, for example, that McCall's have been divided, that they have the regular four digit pattern number. And now they have a new pattern number that starts with the letter R. And it's like R100 and then three more digits. And that's on the top of the pattern drawer. And the ones on the top of the pattern drawer are wow. exempt from any sales. And so, but it's, it's or they don't ring up. And so like I do the same thing you do. I take a photograph of, um, of the sales sign and I bring it into the register. I said, look, McCall patterns are $2.99. <laughs> 
This is a McCall pattern. I expect mm-hmm. to pay this price and they'll do it, you know, because, you know, it's not their fault. These folks are making an hourly, an hourly wage, more or less. They're not the ones setting prices or they don't set marketing strategy. So why should I be fussing at them? But I'm also, you know, it's somebody's fault. It's not hers. It's, and it's certainly not mine. So, but yeah. But not for you. Right. <laughs> All right. And it's a shame you have to do that, but it's, it's happened so many times, you know, that especially for people like you and I and others yes. who go in on a regular yes. basis, you pretty much know how things operate. You know where to find stuff and you know what to look for. Mm-hmm. And so when something is amiss, then you say, wait, hold up. That's not how it works. You know, and it's, it's that when you can tell the, yes. the, um, the worker that, you know, what, what's up, you know? And so I started doing that. I started, you know, taking shots of, of things because then I realized that a lot of times, like uh-huh. I was speaking of uh-huh. in the video, there's a lot of turnover, especially in our store, you know, we get new people all the time and, and whether they're versed in the sale or not, uh, I've learned that that's the case. Many times they're not oh. versed in what's on sale. Mm-hmm. So if I take a snapshot, then I don't have to waste my time. Exactly. Going back and it's so funny because it month. seems like, you know, I understand that Joanne's, you know, you know, has a bottom line that they need to meet. You know, they want to survive. You know, they're just doing what they believe is best to help increase their profits. But they shouldn't need to make the experience such an unpleasant one. And I feel like it's gotten increasingly difficult to shop at Joanne's. I feel like I do a lot of, you know, my job is an English professor, so I read for a living. So I don't mind reading all the fine print in the coupons and reading all the stipulations. And so I'm used to doing that. And I'm sure you're used to doing that too, because you're a, you know, a shopper and you want to get the best experience. But I'm telling you, if I see another buy three, get two, buy three, get three free notions, I am, I I don't even go down that aisle anymore. I mean, I used to love to go to Joanne's and they had notions 50% off. Simple, 50% off. But now it's not 50% off. Now it's buy three, get three free. And I made the mistake a few weeks ago of buying some horsehair braid. And I bought eight yards, which was my mistake. Because apparently if Mm -hmm. I want, and this was during the buy three, get three sale. My mistake was buying eight. What I should have bought was six because I could have bought three and gotten three free, but I wasn't thinking, I know this was my own fault, but you, do you know, they could not just charge me 50% for the eight yards that they cut. And so they're not going to do that. So I I, I said, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going to take that. I went, I I went on my IG live and complained. (laughs) And then somebody came on and said, Lisa, don't worry about it. Go to Amazon. And do you know, I went to Amazon and I got 50 yards of that braid for what I would have paid for three regular price yards at Joanne's. And I was like, see, this is why they're in trouble. See, exactly. And that, that was my point because I'm, I mean, come on. I mean, we all know it. Amazon is, 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 you know, taking over, you know what I'm saying? You can go online, just buy for anything and pretty much find a good deal. And uh, here's my comeback for the buy three, get two free. I'm like, well, I don't only need, but like one, you know, two. 
we have yes. to get in the habit of not yes. coming to the exactly. more. You know, so many times we buy stuff, we don't need it. We buy because the sale is in front of us. But I That's think so about, true. I can sell, I can save me even more than that if I just get what I need, you know? And so that's how I look yes. at stuff now and not being cheap or anything, but we get taken right. in by. It's true. You know, and I think that also goes for patterns really as well. Like really if they that. happen to have patterns by, three, you know, three for $5 or some rare sale, you know, it's like, oh, do I really need that? Do I really need, even though I think you're right. I believe that $5.99 is a great deal for Vogue patterns. I think part of Joanne's problem is that they have always had those patterns. Their regular price was 40% off. Remember, it used to be 50, but the regular price is 40% off. That's the regular price that they were never selling their um, their patterns at list price. I think they sold they sold QuickSo when they first started with QuickSo. They did those at list price. Correct. But it just basically trains consumers for generations that patterns are regularly priced at 40% off. So now that they're saying you can buy this at 30% off, that doesn't feel like a sale. And so it feels like, I know they're trying to change consumer behavior. I understand that. But I am not, I'm not, you know, overly enamored with capitalism. And I do not feel like my job is to make sure Joann's as a company stays in business. You know, I mean, I, I, that's just not, some, or any company actually. And so I think that, I think that capitalism is based on inequity. And I think that people like as Joanne's is making all these changes, people aren't making any more money. It's not like we have more money to spend. The reason that people like sales isn't because they're cheap or they're, they're, you know, it's because they want to extend their dollar so that they can sew and pay their light bill, you know, like. Exactly. And, and that's what we're looking at. That's what I was saying, you know, mm-hmm. people are going to start shopping where they can still get right. good quality product, but at a good price, at a great price. And like you said, Joanne's has to do what it has to right. do. You know, and that's, and that's our job. Like my job is to, is the way that I see it, is to kind of conserve my resources or spend my resources in such a way that aligns with my values as well as helps to promote and preserve, you know, my family and my investment in my future. And I certainly don't want to be, and I know that my sewing dollars are limited. And I think that I'd rather spend my dollars on maybe getting a machine or maybe getting, you know, as opposed to buying like six notions that I don't really need, or I'm, I'm like, okay, well, if I buy three, I get two things free. And what are the two? It's just too much work. All that mental energy that sometimes shopping at Joanne's stuff uses is exhausting. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so that's why I want to uh, yes. teach, and that's why I'm starting to teach others yes. how to look at things differently. You know, instead of collecting all patterns, use what you have and yes. manipulate those patterns. You know, yes. become your designer. You know, you don't have to be perfect, but think outside the box, you know, learn about pricing, learn about these different things. And so you can approach your work differently. You Then you'll realize you don't have to have all of it. You know, you can work with what you have. And then start buying quality stuff, not just buy it. I love that. And I love that you are providing people with the tools for independence. And to say, look, you already have all that you need 
to work around this system instead of having to take it as they offer it to you. You know, that those 50, 11 million patterns that you've got could help you to create something that you really want, even if it requires mixing and matching, or as you were saying, learning to draft your own um, sloper, your own bodice block or whatever. Um, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, it's enjoyable to see others, you know, when they're able to get the vision and then they start doing it and they start creating things, you know, from uh, what they're doing. And so wonderful. Uh, actually tonight I start uh, my first designer gown class. Well, ladies, how to uh, create a pattern, draft, actually illustrate it, uh, create a uh, pattern. Oh. Um, do a mock-up and then construct it, you know, on a professional yes, level. Yes, yes. Um, and then get a good product, you know what I'm saying? And so that's the big thing. And, um, and then, too, not not to leave our independent uh, designers out because there are so many out there. I think a, a lot of us have put our money into supporting I agree. Uh, independent designers, people who are really trying to create products, you know. I agree. Um, well, this has been so enjoyable, Olivia. I am so grateful for you taking the time to talk with us today. Can you tell us where we can find you on the socials so people um, can look you up and follow um, your your amazing progress? Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. This has been awesome. And um, your listeners can find me um, on Facebook. I have a Facebook group, So Much Talent, in parentheses, GR. I have to say that because there's a Facebook page by the same name. Um, also find me on Instagram, at So Much Talent. Uh, Twitter, I don't use that that much. So Much Talent on Periscope, same name. But you, I do have a website, AliciaHudsonDesigns.com, and through that, through the store, you can find some of the videos uh, yes. that I've done. And see, uh, oh, that's great. Excellent. That oh, that's about. wonderful. Like well, mugs. again, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been well, really thank you. great. It's been awesome. And uh, much blessings to all your future endeavors. To you as well. And thank you so much for taking the time. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Alethea Hudson of So Much Talent as much as I did. Be sure to tune into the show note to find out more information about Alethea's project, website, and multiple offerings, including her many videos. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Stitch Please, the Black Women Stitch podcast. Let's continue the conversation. Come find us on the socials. We're at Black Women Stitch on Instagram, where we have a very active page. And you can also find us on Stitch Please on Facebook. We also would love to hear from you. So feel free to email us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. There are three big ways you can support this project, and one of them you're doing already. By listening to the podcast, you're really helping us. So thank you for doing that. In addition, if you rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast with other folks, that helps the podcast to grow. And it also gives the algorithm that manage podcasts information that will also help our podcast thrive. The third way to help the podcast is for those of you all who happen to have a little extra change burning a hole in your pocket. And if you don't have any plans to use it to buy your 20th or in my case, 378th 
big four pattern. That's how many I have in my top pattern drawer, about 378 patterns. You could take that money that you would spend at the pattern sale and give it to us. We are accepting donations at our Patreon site where you can donate as little as $2 a month. Or you could buy us a coffee at ko.fi and small donations are greatly accepted and appreciated. So thank you for considering that. If you would like a transcript of this episode, you can find that at our website at stitchpleasepodcast.com. And we also ask that you check the show notes where we have lots of additional information and supplemental information for what we discussed in the podcast. You can find affiliate links there for the products that we like. You can find web links to the black women that we've been talking about here on the show to elevate and center their work. And you can also find the info we mentioned about donations as well as our email link. All of that is available at stitchpleasepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time. Come back and we'll help you get your stitch together.